four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of America.com. My name is Rich Doc Hayden, and I am with... Harpo. And here we are. We were just talking, and Harp, I think there's a lot of reason to celebrate in Georgia today. Yeah, you know, Georgia won the uh, college football. Mm-hmm. Which is which is really the Super Bowl of the South, mm-hmm. the SEC. That's a, you know, that's a, football is a pretty big thing around here. College football is. You know, so. uh, I got to say about college football. So being from New York, I never really understood college football because we always had professional teams and we never really had a school, you know, in the New York metro area that was ever really a contender. You know what I mean? And I didn't understand college football until I got into the Navy, and I met a ton of dudes, mostly from the South, who were wild about college football, and finally I started to get it and started to kind of see why everybody likes and stuff, and I think in a lot of ways, uh, it's more interesting than the NFL, because it seems like, it, 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 the games always feel like, like the players are just more hungry than the NFL, you know what I mean? Like, they just like, I don't know, a lot, because, you know, a lot of them are trying to prove themselves to get to the NFL, there's another group that like, they know that this is it. They're never going to play, you know, another organized game of football again in their entire life. So they're just like going at it a hundred, you know, hundred and fifty percent in the ways that the NFL is not. So, so I, I can kind of see now. You know what I mean? Well, I mean the NFL. You know, they handpick the players out of college to be in the NFL. It's actually going to be interesting because college football is it's swinging the other way. Players, you know, are starting to get paid where they didn't used to. Yep, that's right. Which, I mean, I, I mean, I'm okay with getting paid, but to see where college football is going to be in five years is going to be pretty interesting. interesting. The, tra- the whole transfer portal now, where a kid can just, hey, this school's going to give me this much money. I'm going over there. I'm transferring. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see, see, see where college football is in about five years. Cool. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't follow the whole you know, paying NCAA players too closely. I know that. There's, you know, been a lot of controversy about it, and it's, and it's always been, I guess, kind of a shadow system where they don't officially pay the players, but they give them, you know, rides and shoes and all this other stuff, or yeah, yeah like backdoor ways. Well, that, that's because they couldn't pay them, so they had to give them some kind of bribes mm-hmm. to come play for. I know some college coaches right here on the on the East Coast. They would go to a casino boat and just buy chips. And, give the chips to the recruits' parents, mm. you know. They would go out on the boat and just cash the chips in. Mm, I see. I mean, there's, there's, all, there's all kinds of ways people, they've been going about it. So, I mean, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of glad they're getting the shady part of the business out of the picture and they're actually paying the players because, I mean, they do. I mean, they make these universities a lot of money. They do. So, I mean, they, they, they need, you know, my grandfather always – preached to me, hey boy, you can work for free from the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can make yeah, it another yeah. dollar, you better get a little pinch of it too. Yep, there you go. Yeah. There so, you go. all right. I'm well, okay. I'm okay with them getting paid. Cool. Well, very cool. Congratulations to Georgia for winning. Uh, I'm sure half of the state is hungover today, and that's cool. That's as it should be. You know. What I'm I mean? sure there was a lot of people that called in sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, speaking of calling in sick, the topic we're going to discuss today, and we're a week behind, but that's cool, we're going to talk about our one-year anniversary of 
the insurrection on January 6th. So, as everybody on the planet knows, last year we hit the one-year anniversary. President Biden came out and spoke, and it, everything kind of broke down along party lines. And, and you know, Harp and I, we, we've been talking a little bit and texting back and forth, you know, about this over the last couple of days. And I think that, you know, we have some very fundamental disagreements, which we're going to talk about here. But I guess the one thing that kind of struck me, Harp, and I, I, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but one of the things I kind of got is that, do you think that this was a one-off thing, or is it symptomatic of something deeper? I think it should be an eye-opening event to all Americans. That to what, now I'm not saying what went on was right. I'm not saying what went on was wrong. Uh, I mean, it, the, the country had been boiling up to this point uh, for quite some time. Uh, but what concerns me is that how uh, our nation capital can be taken over so quickly by that many just angry, angry people. I mean, could you imagine if an army come in? Mm. Absolutely. I mean, if, if our capital can be overrun in, in one day by just a you know, thousand, few thousand people who really weren't armed, not all of them, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's more concerning to me than what, what happened on that. You know, I got to be honest with you, with all of this... Uh, you know, concern about you know, insurrection, everything coming internally. I had not given a thought to, you know, an outside army coming in as well. Uh, you know, we didn't necessarily mobilize the military, but at the same time, uh, I do think uh, you, you, you do have a good point. Something I had not considered. Yeah, it, it, we are kind of vulnerable to um, an external threat. So yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. I mean. If you don't think people's not watching, then it's crazy. Oh, no, that is you true. I mean? No, I, I, I do agree with that. And actually, I'm surprised. I didn't, I didn't think you were going to go there. That's, I hadn't thought about that yet. So, okay. See, that's, that, I mean, that's always, I mean, that, that, what, that's why I said what happened. I'm not saying what happened was right and what happened was wrong. I mean, people, we see it in the news every day. People voice their opinions and protests differently all over this country mm-hmm. uh, so I mean pro- a protest is a protest they've been protesting all, uh, for a long time in Washington D.C. I mean you look at the Vietnam War when mm-hmm. they protested you know what I mean when they went through those streets uh, D.C.'s been getting but for our capital to be taken over so quickly that is what's more concerning to me than the ma- the meaning of why they did what they did on January sixth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know nobody's going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. They don't want they don't they don't want to put that fear in, in the Americans. Yeah, the um, so so let me I'll I'll talk a bit about my fear now. The I actually I, are you familiar at all with the Balkan Wars of the nineties and what went down there? No. Okay. I mean, and, you know, maybe maybe if you describe some stuff, I'm not. It may. Sure. It was a. 
So it, w- it was actually a, a very complicated conflict. And when I was in graduate school, um, I, I went to Kosovo, which is one of the former republics of Yugoslavia. And I studied it. And I studied the conflict and basically how everything came apart. And to, to give you a you know, very quick, down and dirty, very oversimplified version, Yugoslavia uh, is a country that was constituted um, out of all of these smaller republics and basically all kind of smushed together and during the Cold War was kept together under this, uh, this basically dictator strongman uh, named Joseph Broz Tito. They call him Tito for short. And he died in the early 80s and for about seven or eight years, Yugoslavia hung together. They even had the Olympics there in Sarajevo. I want to say in 84, they had the Winter Olympics one year. I forget the exact year, and you'll have to forgive me on that. But um, of all the you know, communist countries behind the Iron Curtain, Yugoslavia was the most open. It was, uh, in a lot of ways, the most successful and the only one that was not um, just you know, flat-out poor and, and, you know, all messed up. So, but after Tito died, they, they kind of pushed along for a couple of years, and they had all of these different ethnic groups within, the, uh, within Yugoslavia. And in the late 80s, um, Slobodan Milosevic, who was um, a leader of the Serbs, who were one of the ethnic groups, uh, essentially embraced this kind of hardline ethnic nationalism and really wanted um, to expand Serbia and to expand uh, Serbian influence throughout Yugoslavia. All the other ethnic groups decided we had enough, we want to break apart, and a huge war broke out. And it lasted uh, for, if I think, three years in Croatia and Bosnia, and then that was settled, and then... Um, about a year, uh, Croatia and Bosnia was from the or it was ninety one to ninety four, I want to say, but then Kosovo um, jumped off and was from ninety eight to ninety nine. NATO intervened in um, uh, NATO intervened in Kosovo, and the um, and again this is a very very quick down and dirty nutshell version. So Yugoslavia in nineteen eighty eight was very, very different than the United States in 2022. But I have seen some parallels, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to become alarmist. I certainly don't want to be alarmist. But the, um, the, one of the, the, the things that happened there was basically just a breakdown in communication and cooperation among the uh, different groups. And um, in every conflict... There is, you, we can look back, you can, you can only look at, back on conflicts in history. In every conflict, that's, uh, every war that's ever happened in humanity, um, you know, there's a little period before it all jumps off, before anybody understands how um, destructive and crazy it could get, where you know, historians and we look back and we say, oh, did it have to be like that? Even in Iraq, like Iraq, the, um, you know, did Saddam, did things have to go the way they did, and um, when you look at, like, the ways that the, the Sunnis and um, Shiites are, are constantly fighting each other, like, did it have to go the way it did? So I worry a little bit, and again, I, I don't want to sound alarmist because um, we, could, we could pull together and, and, you know, we might not turn into Yugoslavia. I hope we don't turn into Yugoslavia, but um, I do see um, 
some of the warning signs in that people are not, Americans are not willing to uh, work together, um, much less talk to um, each other uh, anymore. And, the, you know, we always disagreed. Americans always disagreed. And that's, that's literally been our story since 1776. I think the big difference now is that we don't work to compromise anymore and we don't work to resolve those differences and those differences are bubbling up. And, and also, too, I think now a lot of people, there are a lot of people who are incentivized to not compromise versus compromise. And that's, that's where I, I'm a little bit nervous because people... You know, people in the media, um, certain politicians, um, you know, certain people are making money off this, and they they are more um, interested in keeping the conflict going and you know um, enriching themselves than they are in giving up a little bit and uh, helping us all move forward and perhaps helping us move in a better direction. So, um, so that's my spiel. So, I guess my question to you, Harp, is, um, you know. Have you seen any of this? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, overanalyzing things. Maybe I am, um, uh, uh, you know, perhaps looking too far into things. I very much hope that I'm wrong. I really, really, really hope that a year from now or, you know, five years from now, we're, we're looking back on this period and like, oh, yeah, everything worked out. You know what I mean? But what, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that most, most Americans would want less government than more government. And I, I think that's a lot of what January 6th meant. The people who were there meant is they want the government, you know, out of their personal lives. They're, 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 the government is just having too much power and say so over the, you know, the individual, the individual. Uh, and I have a, I mean, that, that has a lot to do with what January 6th, what went on there. All right. So. I, I, have an I think, I think, I think less government, uh, would, would, would help. But I mean, like you said, there's, uh, this country. So they've got us so scrambled and, and so, so mad at one another. It's. It's, uh, it's going to take, take a while. But I don't think, that, I mean, I don't think the majority of a Republican doesn't want a dictator either. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not the route we're going. That's not the route I'm going. I don't want one person in charge. Oh, I, on that, we absolutely agree. I don't want one party in charge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, li- I like the democracy, but I don't like the democracy where it's my side or no side. Mm-hmm. We can have two parties, but it's it's either my side or no side. I don't like it. Yeah, I agree. Let me let me ask you a question. So we do have other. Uh, I hear you about less government. We also have, and there's a sizable portion of the country that wants less government. For the other part of the country that does, do you think that there is any way to uh, find some either common ground or to have um, 
to have less government in certain areas and more government in other areas, or to have more government for some people and less government for other people? Is, is there a way to do it, or is it always going to be either or? Well, I mean, the government is supposed to work for us, not us work for the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're working for them. Well, we're doing what they we're, we're doing what they tell us to do. But let me give you an example. So, yeah. something like Obamacare. I know that Obamacare was very popular with some segments of the population, very unpopular with other parts. Do you? I mean, think... That was a, that was a political thing, though. Mm-hmm. That's that's why everybody is turned just like this Corona. It's, they made it a political thing. Mm-hmm. I mean. Well, they, you, they could have called it something else, and it probably would have eat, you know, went a little, little better. But it's just the way they pick and choose. Uh, like I said, it's, it's either my side or no side. That's the way. That's what our government thinks. Well, yeah, we got a two party system. But if you don't go my way, then it's not going to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, like with Obamacare, for, I, I'll just, I'll just stick with that because I know that in the last, um, you know, fifteen years or so, that's been a super divisive issue and it's involved you know the expansion of government but like do you, do you ever think that there's a way to like for example maybe implement something like Obamacare in like California or New York where people might want it but not do it in like Georgia or Alabama where people won't I mean yeah I would hope mm. but, it, but it's that's not the way our government works it's mm. either my way or no way mm. Mm. interesting that's just that's the name of their game, mm-hmm. and I think that's what that's what a lot of those people up there on January sixth were going to let their voices be heard that they they don't want that. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay, all right, interesting, interesting. What was the um? Was there a lot of coverage of January sixth down there? No, not too much. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, on the local news, like Atlanta and all that, they had a, you know, they, they aired all the, the speeches and ceremonies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, here in my little, no, I mean, it was a normal day. Mm, got it, got it. Yeah, it was, it's strange because it's... I mean, they definitely wasn't, get, it wasn't getting treated like 9-11 mm. or Pearl Harbor or... D-Day or nothing like that. I mean, yeah. We're not, we're not taking a day off of work and getting paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, because... I don't think um, it was that bad. Yeah, because here in L.A., it's it was... Well, nothing really changed. Nobody, you know... It was on the news, but, like, you know, nothing really changed so much. But, um, you know, the thing that struck me is... And I, I probably maybe I go a little too far into it, but the thing that the thing that struck me that that kind of gets me where is like both sides. I think that both sides are so afraid of each other and are so afraid of what'll happen that we've kind of stopped talking to each other. And instead of sitting down and hammering out a compromise, everybody thinks that it's going to be either or. And I think, um, and I mean, and there are some. You know, there are some issues that are really, really thorny. Like, I mean, something like abortion, where you there's not a lot of there's not a lot of room to compromise. You know what I mean? Um, 
you know, and then like though, and abortion is the one that just uh, unfortunately is always up in everybody's face all the time. But um, but yeah, it just, it just feels like you know, everybody's worried that um. It, it, I was gonna say I don't, I don't know if it's so much that they're afraid of each other. It's just that's how much they hate each other. Yeah. I mean, you can sit here and I, I'm no I'm no idiot. I mean, yeah, when you're on a camera and you're standing next to one another, y'all all smile and shake hands, but behind closed, I mean, as soon as that camera turns off, they're not having a casual conversation. Mm. There's no way. Uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, they, they, they don't go out to dinner together. No, <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't drink a beer together. No, they do not. I mean, <laughs> uh, the McCarthy and Pelosi, they're, they're, they're not eating turkey at Thanksgiving at the no. same time, at the same table. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I mean... No, they're not. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah. No, a, I'm, a, assuming, I'm assuming that the, the majority of America thinks like I do, mm-hmm. and I can see through all that bullshit, I guess you would call it, <laughs> that they put out in the media, mm-hmm. and uh, read, read between the lines. Yeah, because so the thing that I, the thing that I think is is different now, like, is I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think politicians ever fucking loved each other throughout American history. Like they like so. I mean, some did. Some obviously became good friends, but you know, I, I don't think like they've. I mean, at the at the start, I'm just glad at the start when our forefathers wrote everything, they were all on the same sheet of music. Well, you because you could you imagine if they wrote those. As, as screwed up as we are right now, and we tried to write them, which, I mean, to me, I feel like we're trying to rewrite them. Well, you know something? I, I don't know a ton of um, a, a history of the Founding Fathers, and, and I do think you're right that they are they, they were more much more together than they are now, but um, one thing I do know is that there's this myth that they, they were all, uh, they're all on the same page about everything, and there was a lot of disagreement that went into um, writing the Constitution, and I'm, I want to. I, one of the things I do want to learn more about historically is, you know, how uh, it is about the founding fathers and, um, you know, some of the different ideas they had. But, but I think I do ultimately think you're right that they they certainly had a, a certain amount of respect for one another that um, politicians today do not. You know what I mean? Man, I had I had to help. I had to go help a, uh, help my friend out today with with a funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, you know my you know my buddies who own the grave digging business, right? Oh, okay. Had, we had we had four today. Oh, all co- were they all and, COVID? Uh, no, I don't think. Uh, oh. no. Okay. Well, the one the, the one that I the one that I got sent to, the lady was a hundred and four years old. Damn. She lived to be a hundred and four. That means I was. Uh, I knew I knew some of the people who were at the funeral. And so I was, was talking to him, and uh, one of the people told me that her mind was still there until mm-hmm. until about three weeks ago. Oh wow! And that's when it all just yeah kind of went went downhill. Oh wow! But I said I, I just told that lady I said I, I sure hope she wrote wrote a lot just to be able to have your mind at 104 years old. Mm-hmm. So she was born in 1970. And she was born during World War One. 
So she was born at the end of World War One. Mm-hmm, so she right. lived during World War One. Mm-hmm. She's lived through every war, yeah. except you know Civil War and you know when we come over. Yeah. But she's seen both World Wars, Korea, Vietnam, all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine the school that she'd have. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and like in yeah, it would be interesting to talk to her too. I don't know how. Uh, into th- into politics, she is, but but you know one of the things that always um, you, you, one of the things. So get get back to what we were saying about them respecting each I other. Mean, like she was that, she was old enough to vote when she wasn't allowed to vote. That's oh it was, she no she might have she might have just missed that because suffrage was oh suffrage I think was in nineteen sixteen. Hold on, hold on, let me find out. Let me find out. Hold on. That, that, I'm talking about down south here. Oh oh okay. Fridge, U.S. Um, all right, hold on. Uh, it was... Oh, it was... I'm sorry. It was ratified on in 1920. So she, she wasn't old enough, but she was certainly born before there was suffrage, which was crazy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well... Well... Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me say something, though, Harp. I do... I have to admit, I do always feel better when I talk to you because... One of the things, I, even though I think that um, the politics right now in the U.S. are kind of crazy, I, I, I think that, how can I say this? People don't, hate, let me say it like this. I don't think the average American really hates each other and is uh, as bitter towards the other side as we make out to be in um, social media and on the media and stuff. Some people are, of course. I can't speak for everybody. But I do think that the average American, if they were like, um, you know, at a diner or something and sat down, you know, a Democrat sat down to her next to a Republican or something, they may not, you know, love each other, but they're not going to kill each other. And under the right conditions... Um, would work together and cooperate. Um, which, so now, part two of Yugoslavia. So, after the war, I was I was there in um, the summer of two thousand and twelve, and I was in Kosovo, which is primarily Albanian, full of Albanian people, and um, there are some Serbs, and there's um, the a part of the country is contested, and the Serbs and Albanians absolutely hate each other, and. I mean, it's not, it, it, it goes beyond, I mean, we have racism in this country, and perhaps, I mean, you know, maybe the closest parallel I could find is like, you know, racism, um, uh, you know, right after or during the Civil War. I mean, between blacks and whites, like, like the Serbs and Albanians hate each other, and they just do not get along. Man, there's, man, there's, there's racism all over this world, it ain't just here. Oh, there is, there is. But it like in, in in each country, each country it's a little bit different, like because of the history and um, so it's 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 sometimes it's Shoot, man, you go over the, you go to the mother country where they got tribes, they still have tribes. Yep. Tribes hate each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that is racism. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, <clears throat> it's true. I mean, it's, it, it gets a whole lot deeper in other places than what it is here. It's true, and and in um you know Kosovo, uh, it's. The, the animosity between the Serbs and Albanians are different. And also, you know, one of the things, it's, 
they, they both speak different languages. They both have different histories. So, uh, you know, language, I think, is very important because um, I think that, uh, you know, lang- if you can speak to somebody in another language, at least you can communicate. When you can't, then they become, uh, you know, very different from you. You know well, what I'm saying? If you can't communicate with somebody, you can't have any kind of relation. Yeah, exactly. Good or bad. Yeah. Or actually, I'll say it's good. You can have, it's easier to have bad relations with somebody you can't talk with than good. You know what I mean? So yeah, you, can, you can count good out unless you just go up and shake his hand. Yep. So, so you know, so my, the, the, I'm, so I do, I am afraid kind of of uh, what's going on in Washington, but I am a bit heartened by people in the U.S. Now, the, 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 the thing with, um, in Yugoslavia is for the most part, they got along until they didn't. And I'm very much hoping that that does not turn out to be the case here. But um, it might not. I don't know. I go back and forth. Some days I get really worried. Some days I feel a little better about things. But that, maybe that's just me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as, as long as it... <clears throat> we can't get no more divided than we pretty much already are. That's what worries me. Well, we can. And that's... I'm, yeah. That's, and that's I'm talking at a local level. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm with you locally. I don't. I don't feel like it is as bad as what what you see on TV. Yeah. But if it does get that bad locally, then it's gonna it's gonna be nasty. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I think too. There's and, and again, not to, I don't want to. I, I I certainly don't. Every, every everything I say, I don't want to paint the picture of America as this like this beautiful place that the the media. It's just not covering, because you know, we have problems, I'm not saying we don't, but I also think, too, it's not as bad as, um, it, it, it's, if you were to travel, like, I'm, I'm going to get you to come to New York one day. If you were to travel to New York, admittedly, um, you know, people might make fun of your accent a little bit and might rib you for being from the South. Uh, I've been to the South before, and I've been called Yankee, you know what I mean? And it's cool, I just yeah, let it, yeah, that's, that's, you know. That's, I would expect it. Yeah. If I didn't get that, I mean... I mean, hell, I'm, a couple months ago when I went to uh, Ben's wedding up there at the Cape, in Cape Cod, mm-hmm. I, lady at Dunkin' Donuts, I, I, I basically needed a translator. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. She, she had no idea what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no fault to her. Yeah. I mean, she was this little, probably, I don't know, 19, 20 mm-hmm. college student. Mm-hmm. She she's probably never left the Cape, mm-hmm. so I mean, you get a six three, two hundred and forty pound Georgia guy coming in there want, trying to order some kind of iced coffee that my wife likes. Mm-hmm. She, there's no way she understood. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and you know, I I think that um a a, a little bit of um. You know, ribbon and joking is, is is fine as long as everybody understands that it's it's cool. Um, and you, you know, we all got to be able and to ma- take I it. Th- and I think majority of America does. Yeah. It's just the, the what we're getting fed on TV is just you have to read between the lines. Yeah. Yeah, because I really do. Um, yeah, I really do. I really do think that, and not just Americans. I think that most people around the world are generally decent human beings. When we were in Iraq, the Iraqis 
by and large, were decent people. Of course, there were some shitty insurgents among them, but, but the vast majority of Iraqis were good, decent people who just wanted to live their life. And, and to be fair, just wanted, just wanted the Americans out and just didn't want Saddam to, just didn't want to be fucked with. And they have every right to feel that way. You know what I mean? Yep. So, same in Afghanistan. Hey, look, hey, look, people have bad days mm-hmm. everywhere. A normal person has a bad day every now and then. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, you wouldn't be normal. There you go. So, I mean, that's anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And so, I, I mean, the majority of America, I feel, believes like that. Yeah. Sees that. What we're getting fed is not what... What the world is getting fed coming from America is really not what America is, I don't believe. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I'm, yeah, unfortunately, the images going out to the rest of the world right now are um, not They're good. terrible. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree, I agree. And, and again, I don't want to, I'll say to people, I don't want to look at it through rose-covered glasses. I don't want anybody listening to this to think, um, oh, shit, everything really, they think everything really is great, and it's, when it, it's, it's not their problem. But at the same time, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's as awful as some people make it out to be. And some people think, and some people think, you know what I mean? So um, I think, you know... I always said the way to, the the way to the, the the best way I think for all of us for America now to begin to move forward is for all of and this is up to all of us this is up to people at the individual level is for all of to reach out to people locally and to just see what they're just see what they're about you know what I mean I like and I, I don't do it all the time either I don't you know I, there are one of the biggest problems in L A right now is. Um, there's a huge homeless problem, and uh, you know I've never stopped and talked to a homeless person. I've never um, I, I did see I I did see two guys who were high. Kind of they had like um, one guy had a machete and another guy had like a, a baton, and they were they were like almost sword fighting on the street today. And like all right, granted, you, like you can't talk to those dudes, you know what I mean? But like I've never like stopped and like talked to a homeless person and been like, hey man. What's going on with your life? Do you need any help? What, you know, what's happening? You know what I mean? So, um, so I suffer from this too. I'm not saying I don't. You know what I mean? But I don't know if we necessarily... Some people might feel uncomfortable doing that. You don't have to do that. Just like, um, you know, you see somebody, like, like next time, you know, if you're at a, um, a Dunkin' Donuts and you uh, see, like, a college student working behind the counter, and if they're not too busy, just be like, hey, how's your day so far? Is it good? Oh, all right, and just hear them out, and you you never know because you might just just establish a little bit of rapport and a little bit of contact. And after you go in there and you do that, um, you know, four or five different times, and you know the person kind of warms up to you, you might start talking, and you might learn something about that person. And then once you, I think in general, once we all learn something about uh, somebody else, you know, they become less mysterious, and we become less afraid of them, and less inclined to kill each other. You know what I mean? Yep. So there yep. you go. So, and that's just, and that's just me, um, getting back into, uh, Mr., you know, what Mr. Rogers taught us on his, uh, program and, um, nothing really changes. So, so that's it. So, so, and I, I think, you know, I, so Harper, I always talk about this. I'm, we, so at some point this year, later this year, we're going to try to come down South and we're going to try to visit you and we'll try to bring my family so we can introduce you guys and I can finally meet your kids and I think I met Stacy like once or twice while we were in. I might have. Um, I look exactly. Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah. She remembers you. Yeah, I know you did. Okay, then I'm sure we did. And um, 
you know. So I'm going to come down, and then one day I want to bring you to New York, and I just want to walk on the streets because I want to see your eyes pop out of your head um, when you see everything. And we'll have a couple beers at a couple at a couple places I like, and I'll take you to get a as steak. As long as you don't take me down the back alley. No, 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 no. <laughs> I always said, you know, I always said it's funny because, right, I think if you take a city person and you ask them what's their greatest fear, like, it would be like closing their eyes and then opening them up and being, like, in the middle of the country and not knowing what's going on because they think they're going to get attacked by wolves or bears or some shit. You ask a, you know, a person from the country, what's your greatest fear? It would be them closing their eyes and, like, waking up in the middle of a city and not knowing what the fuck is going on. You know what I'm saying? So, um... Hey, hey I got a fun... I got a... I got something that can go with that right here. What's that? When I when I first got out of the Marine, so this would have been two probably two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. I went to I went to work for a construction company, right? So this guy, he's a black fella. Mm-hmm. He's a lot of, he's a lot older than I am, or he was. I mean, he still is. Uh, I'm gonna say he's fifteen years older than I am. Okay. Uh, we're working at the same construction site. He's from New York. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I, I kind of kick it off with him, you know. Tell him, hey, I know a couple folks from New York. I didn't, you know, just got out of service. And uh, Thanksgiving was coming up. And uh, I said, hey, man, what's you? I knew he, he, he lived by himself. He was just down here working construction. And uh, he was from New York. And I said, hey, what, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You don't need to eat by yourself. So, won't you come to the house and have Thanksgiving with us? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, man, really? I said, yeah, come on. And uh, he come out here to the house. We, we probably had Thanksgiving dinner about three or four o'clock that that evening. And uh, I mean, he ate about five five thirty. He said, "Hey man, I got I got to go." I said, "You gonna leave already?" I said, "You can hang around, you know, mm. hang out for a little while." He said, "Man, I noticed on the way out here you didn't have any street light." He mm. said. I'm a black man in the country. Mm. He said, I can't be hanging out around here with no street lights. I said, come on, Floyd. His name, that's what his name Floyd. Yeah. I said, man, you all right? I said, you ain't in the city no more. Mm. He said, man, I just don't know. I mean, he was that scared. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I said, God, it's just where you, how you raised, man. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, and to, 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 to also with him, too, you know, if... If you're, um, you know, black in the South at night, um, they got a couple concerns that we, you know, we as white folks don't. But, um, but point taken, mm. but point taken. You know what I mean? So that's what I told him. I said, "Man, you, you, you're good here. This is home." Mm-hmm. Well, good. He, he did stay. He, he stayed. He eventually stayed. He stayed mm-hmm. a little longer. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Come on, man." Mm-hmm. Well, good. Sure so, yeah. And that's and you know what? And that's how. People eventually come together. So I guess so. For so I, I I will I will touch on that in my my closing comments. But but we're kind of at kind of at the end here. Harp, you got anything you wanna anything else you wanna add? No, I mean, that's it. All right. So my last thing, and it just came to me, is if you were listening to this at some point this week, make an attempt to reach out to somebody that you don't know. And it, it could be somebody that is a different gender than you, a different race than you, a different age than you, or it could be somebody 
that looks just like you and is in your kind of category, but you just never spoke to yet. You, you want to just start there, but just, just, just say hi to somebody and just see if you can strike up a conversation. And if you know what, that's the only time you talk in your entire life. Great. Or who knows? Maybe it'll lead to something else. And I'm going to try to do that myself. I'm going to, um, find somebody that I haven't spoken to. Um, maybe even if it's just an, it, online at Starbucks, just, just, Say one little thing and just share one little moment with them, and that's it. So. That's it. Hey, it don't take much energy just to say hey to somebody or good morning, exactly. or good evening, or good afternoon. Yep. And do it in real life. You can't do this online on Twitter or Facebook or anything. Nope. It's got to be face to face. You got to be breathing the same air. If you're wearing masks, behind the same mask. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully that air doesn't have COVID in it. So. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. <laughs> So, cool. Just breathe, just breathe it in and take it in. I agree. We'll make it through it. I agree. All right, Harp. All right, anything else? That's it, man. All right, everybody. Well, once again, thank you so, so, so very much for listening. We really appreciate it. We love talking to you, and we will see you next week.